Hello, welcome to another episode of UniSharks. Uh, today, I, Lemon Shark, will be hosting our episode. And today, I have our usual two co hosts. I got Hammerhead and Mako Shark joining me today. Hey. Hi. All right, before we get started with our topics today, we're going to start with the meme of the week. So, yeah, we got kind of a tie on the meme of the week. Um, well, not a tie, but both of us found the same same one, so we, we decided to go with that one. Um, Hammerhead, would you like to describe it? Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, I, I don't know the characters' names. Um, Mako should remember them, but it's from the Transformers 3. Is that right, Mako? That's right. Okay. Um, and the caption is, when you're online and you're testing a friendly fire is available and it's the scene where one of the autobots turns traitor and it shoots i'm pretty sure it's iron side in the back it does it a couple times <laughs> the caption just makes it really funny because i'm pretty sure every everyone's done that in a shooter game at least <laughs> once yeah it's funny because i think we we get we get all our uh, reels or slash memes from instagram and we have a little chat going and called meme of the week. And I actually sent in this meme first. And then it's just like, I can't remember how soon it was later, but a couple of minutes later, Hammerhead sent it in next. So it's like, we're on the same, we're on like the same like uh, algorithm or whatever. So it's just kind of funny. Same wave. Same wavelength. Same wavelength. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's our meme of the week today. Um, I think. So we got, I'll start with my topic today since I'm the host, I guess. So the first topic, um, I was t- kind of debating um, the other day. I was, there's a bunch of, there's a Steam, Steam sale going on and buying all these games on Steam and made me think about like the old days where you used to buy like games, like physically, like physical disc games and Part of me kind of like misses that because it's kind of nice having the physical disc and whatnot. But I was kind of wondering, what do you guys think? Like, do you guys prefer like buying games digitally and like having like stored like on a digital library like Steam or like on PlayStation or Xbox, or do you prefer the physical copy? Um, I think. Oh, good. <laughs> I was waiting for you to speak up. <laughs> I was waiting for you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Up. So, I used to only like hard copy, um, especially when digital versions were starting to come out in the 360 era and PlayStation 3, I believe. Um, I don't know if PlayStation 2 had any digital purchases, but. I I always liked holding it in my hands, knowing that I personally own it. Like, I know I own it because I have it. And I only do that now when it's a game that I pre-order. So, for example, like, I have all hard copies of all the Legends of Zelda's that on the Switch. And I will probably do that for all of them. Because that's just uh, a series that I really enjoy and I want to make sure that I have it and then it's going to stay. Um, I think it's just 
have maybe how I was raised, maybe our generation a little bit. Uh, it's just if it's online, you don't know for sure if it's going to be there forever type deal. And I think that's always kind of still a little bit back in my head. It's like, oh, I might lose my account for some reason. I don't know. At least I'll still have these hard copy games that I can still play even without internet. But nowadays I just buy digital otherwise. Oh, I was going to say, I think that makes sense. Like for things that you really care about, you buy the collector's edition or, you know, whatever special physical edition they usually come out with. So, and of course they always put those out for big releases. Like, uh, well, I remember Fallout 76 had one, but that's not the best example. Uh, Right. Oh yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, though. But uh, for me, oh yeah, (laughs) still love that Internet Historian video. But um, for me, I like digital more. I would say just because of the convenience. Like the vast majority of my games library is digital. So, and that's because it's just you know it goes on sale pretty frequently. You don't have to drive out somewhere and pick it up you just press a few buttons and bada bing bada boom you have it so and i mean back in the day when they would play games off the cartridge or the disc it made sense to get a physical copy but nowadays a lot of the time the disc is just like a physical key that you then use to download it anyways so i was like well why am i going to all this trouble then the exception i do make is for nintendo games because they still do play it off the cartridge so a lot of the game Nintendo games I buy nowadays are physical because it saves so much space. So especially with how, like even with SD card expansions, the Switch's memory is pretty small. So <laughs> that said, lately I've kind of like reconsidered it a little bit because. You know, there's been stuff of how, like, Ubisoft took some of their Assassin's Creed games off of Steam. So now, like, you know, if you want to buy it, too bad. Or it may may have even been that if you own it, you have to, like, download it and keep it on there forever because you can't re-download it or something. I don't know if that's true or not. Previously, with other series of them doing that, they let the people that have already purchased it keep it. Yeah. That or they forcibly give them a refund or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, it's Ubisoft, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, we could probably talk for a whole another 30 minutes on all their issues. But uh, yeah, I'd still say overall, I do prefer digital just for the convenience and, you know, just the fact that physical stuff can get damaged or lost, you know, especially if you have a bunch of kids running around. So, I mean, crap. We, My sister and I still have all of these Disney Infinity figurines, you know, and all these Amiibos. Well, my nephews came over to visit and thought, hey, look at all these cool Disney and Marvel action figures. Let's play with them. So, <laughs> really, okay. trying to do that thing where you get it away from them, but in a way so they don't start crying and sobbing. So, I mean, that's just an example, but I've also seen stuff like one of my buddies bought Arkham City and he was so excited to play it. He'd been saving up for it and 
his little sister accidentally knocked the 360 over while it was playing and it scratched the disc up. So just stuff like that, you know, it does make me like choose digital overall for the most part. That's understandable. Um, I think I lean, I think I agree a little bit more with Hammerhead just be because um, I do like the convenience of digital and whatnot. But I also like if it's something I really care for, I would buy the physical theme for it because um, like it's nice to actually have it versus like it's stored in a library somewhere. Also, if I noticed it's kind of hard to like organize um, your gaming library on Steam. I guess a little bit. Maybe I'm just really dumb, but. I think it's easier to like organize your physical discs and keep out the games that you like versus like keeping the back burner. But in the Steam library, it's like all the games are there all the time. So every time we open up Steam to look for a game to play, it's like I'm overwhelmed with all the games I got. I guess it's first real problems, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I like the convenience. So like digital, like you don't have to like carry the disc around all the time, and it's just like on your hard drive, and you can boot it up whenever. But I think for, I think it's the same thing with like I have the same. Um, I have the same thoughts towards like movies and like TV shows. Like, it's more convenient to stream like new TV shows and whatnot. But if it's a show that you really like, I was like really like love and really dear to you. Can I like to buy the physical copy of it just to have it? You know, in case like the streaming platform take it, gets rid of it, or like the streaming just gets rid of it at some points. But um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. There. Um, well. Well, I, I have a couple of other things. Uh, like, for example, recently, um, I was down visiting uh, some family, and my niece just got a Switch for her birthday. <laughs> and so I, I'm letting them borrow a couple of my games. And it's that that is so much easier to do if you actually have it hard copy. I know with certain platforms, you can do that. You know, you, you can share your Steam library with it. I think it's up to, I think it's only two people. I can't remember. But uh, if it's like a Switch, though, I would have to like install my, not install, upload my own account. And then I'd have to download uh my games that I own digitally, and I believe then they can play it on their account because I did that before with Mako's account when he got Breath of the Wild. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't believe you can do that with a lot of other platforms. Um, that's just a, if you had a hard copy, though, it's so much easier to let other people borrow it, and you can borrow from them as well. But it's kind of hard to do that with digital. That is a good point because my sister and her family just got a switch for Christmas and my brother-in-law asked if he could borrow Splatoon 2 because he's never played it and he just wants to check it out. So that is a good point. And on top of that, it's I think it's easier to return a physical copy than a digital copy for the most part. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I, I think for Steam, it's like 72, 72 hours after purchase. Or yes. under a certain amount of playtime. Yeah, it's like you have two weeks to return it and you have to have played it for less than two hours. And then thank heaven Xbox saw that and thought it was a good idea. So they have the same 
uh, rule. Sony yeah. Nintendo, though, just kind of, you know, tell you it sucks to suck. Yep. Except for Pokemon. They actually made an exception for that. Well, that was the <laughs> other reasons. Other than letting people have the convenience of returning the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, did, I did that once. Not for Nintendo, though. I did it once on Steam. It was Doom 3. And it just wasn't that fun. It was just bloody dark the whole time. Like, yeah, I know it, it needs to be, it's supposed to be a scarier type game, supposedly. But it's like, if I can't even see the enemies, it's, it's not even <laughs> the point of this game. Sorry, that's the only time I've returned a game. <laughs> I have heard rumors that if you talk to customer support at Nintendo, for the most part, they'll just do it for you under the table kind of oh but it's more you know it's more like officially they don't offer refunds for the most part yeah oh that's actually a funny route of doom 3 because i tried to play that <laughs> uh it's so miserable i know yeah it takes like I... four sh- oh sorry uh-huh. go ahead no no, no no like the first time you fight an imp i was like oh finally <laughs> shot it like I think five or six times with a shotgun, and I'm like, it should not. It didn't even have an upper body by this point. <laughs> Come on. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot different than the other ones. But I think I bought it on Switch because they were doing like that Doom bundle. Oh yeah. And if I play it again, I'll just have all the brightness up. <laughs> just like, <laughs> go through it really quick. I, I finished it. All right. But anyways, that's that's a different conversation. I'm going. <laughs> but yeah, that those are kind of mostly my thoughts on hard copy versus digital. I'll still buy hard copy, um, but I think it'll probably die out in a decade or so. Yeah, especially because of. Because of the whole COVID thing, people are more used to shopping from home now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's kind of tough because I keep hearing all this stuff about like the Great Reset and that's a little too political. Maybe I'll just cut that out. But um, talk about like the subscription services and how like you're not really going to own stuff. You're just going to own like a subscription-based thing. And then that way you'll never actually own something and it's easier for their stuff to be taken away but uh, that's a conversation for another time i do like what you said hammer about just trading games though that is really fun really nice doing that because growing up i do that with my friends like we just trade games and because some games like you're not sure if you want to invest that much money but you want to try it out anyways and like we switch it off that way and whatnot but yeah that was lots of fun uh, well actually i'm oh, sorry oh, go ahead. well i just had one last thought um since we're talking about how digital libraries and stores can sometimes shut down, like a big example of that would be Nintendo is shutting down their digital shop this year for the 3DS. Yeah, it was officially going to be gone. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, you see all these posts from people saying, "Hey, you need to buy all the games you want right now," you know, and like Fire Emblem Fates was a big one, and I was like, "Oh, well, I bought a physical copy like years ago for thirty bucks, so I'm good." 
Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's an example of physical kind of trumping it. Yeah, and and another side note, just speaking of that, if you do have your 3DS still, um, Pokemon Bank will be free to transfer Pokemon over and everything after the store cancels. So if you still have it, you don't have Pokemon Bank, you might as well download it. Because then if you, for some reason, go back to your older Pokemon games and Shiny Hunt on there to move up a Shiny Zekrom or something, or Rayquaza, you can. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. All right, well, I guess we'll be done with that one. Um, Mako, how would you like to go with your topic next? <laughs> um, so my thought was the Dead Space remake is almost here. And since the Callisto Protocol was a big flop, there's like more hype around it. So it got me thinking, what's a game do you, that you think would work really well with a remake? Not just deserves it, but would actually be really good as a remake. So, are you talking about specifically just remakes, or are you including remasters? Yeah, remaster would be fine, too. Okay. I've talked about this before, uh, (laughs) at least probably three times. And I think it would do fine i don't know if it would do amazing but i think it would do fine is the golden sun uh, oh yeah (laughs) first and second game not not so much the third um it just has a bit more backlash to it but i think it would work really well as a remake especially Oh, not especially, but at least in the recent few years, recent last, you know, probably since like 2017 or something like that, there's been a little bit of a surge into RPGs. Um, And I think it would at least garner some attention. Um, And I know every single Golden Sun fan have been... I don't know how to other other way to describe it other than just dreaming of a remake or a remaster of the the first two Golden Sun series, or even if they just port it onto the Switch, um, because it was on the Wii U store, but it's been dead in the water recently after three three left on a cliffhanger, and Camelot, the makers of the game, have been only dying the sports games for Mario. Oh, really? Yeah, they're the the same people that have done uh, the golf and soccer Mario games. Really? Huh. Yeah. And, but it's, it's really fun. The music's really good. I think it would, it, it would, garner new fans if it was put onto the Switch because they've put on new older games onto the Switch and they've done decently well. And I like that you said it's 
I think you're right that it would be a good time for it because there is a lot more interest in RPGs. I think a lot of that's because of like the success of Xenoblade and I know uh, they added some of the Dragon Quest games to Game Pass and it, they were big hits on there. So I feel like there's more like more of a craving for it nowadays. Uh-huh. So if they remade it and you know updated everything, maybe the mechanics and the graphics and all that, yeah, it could be a hit. Yeah. I have the hard copies if you want to borrow them. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <There's some mail. laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's your funny. Yeah, I never heard of those games before, so I'll have to look into it. I wonder if there's like a... Which uh, generation is the Golden Sun for? It was for the Game Boy Advance. Oh. Yeah, yeah and the characters at least show up on Smash Brothers. Yeah, I'll see you with that. Nice, nice. I think a game I think would do really well with a remake or slash remaster would be the Star Wars Force Unleashed. Oh, but not the, oh, yeah, not yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. oh yeah, that would be amazing. But not the 360 version, the PS2 version. The uh, I, I don't know, I feel like I like the story a lot better in the PS2 version than the 360 version. You mean the but, Wii? Or the Wii, I guess the Wii. Same version as the Wii. But it's really weird. The Force Unleashed is like two different... They made like... Um, I saw I saw a YouTube video about it, and they like they made like so many different versions of that game. Like, there's another version that's like played on the the I think it's a Nintendo 3DS or something like that. But it's like each game was like totally different, it was, like a whole different like game on its own. It wasn't just like ported. It was like a whole different like made for that console thing. And um, I like the mechanics, the gameplay of the 360 version better, like the physics, like. In the PS2 version, you put you do force push and like it just knocks them over, it just knocks the enemies over. Versus like the 360 version, you can charge up your push and they can like send them flying across the whole map and it's just like wild and glass is breaking <laughs> and all this crap is breaking. It's like oh yes, I love it. But the PlayStation 2 version is kind of lame in that regard. But the story in the PlayStation 2 version slash Wii version I think is a lot better because they add a lot more like spacing to it the, or the pacing i should say there's a lot more missions in it and i don't know there's just a lot more interesting stuff in it there's like at episode there's a mission at the end of the game in cloud city where you have to go up against some game leader and like it's a gundam or not gundam or whatever jar jar is oh like a, yeah gundam. gungan yeah not gundam gungan I wasn't thinking for a sec. For some reason, it didn't occur to me that Gundam isn't in Star Wars. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I picked on a Gundam. I'm like, oh yeah, of course, a Gundam. Who else would it be? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, he's like a gangster. Like, it's like an evil gangster Jar Jar that's like all tatted up and like has scars and it's like piercings and he's like, is he missing, like a boss fight? Missing yeah. an eye. <laughs> yeah, like it was just that was just wild. It was like. It'd be really cool if they remade that with like the same gameplay and like graphics of the or modern graphics and the same gameplay type of vibes from the 360 version. I think that'd be really cool. Oh yeah, now that you've mentioned it, my favorite version was the Wii version because like the force, well, like the force powers are more unique. You could shoot like lightning balls or do a thing where you suck people in and shoot lightning through your lightsaber all over the place and stuff like that. And, like, with the motion controls, it was more fun because you could, like, depending on how you waved it around, you would move them around the screen. Or if you twisted the nunchuck upside down, you'd start choking 
them. Or if you like swung it down, then you'd slam them into the ground. Like it was a lot more fun to play. But now that you mention it, yeah, the story was actually different. Because there were, well, I watched my brother-in-law play the 360 version, and yeah, there were parts of the like planets you don't even go to in the Wii version. Instead, they substitute yeah. other stuff for it. Yeah, I, yeah, like yeah, they took away a lot of stuff from the 360 version. I heard that like they had a separate development team for it too. But but imagine when you're when you're talking about the Wii stuff, I was thinking like, imagine if they did it in a VR version of it. Oh, that'd be so, <laughs> that'd be so intense. But I'm not sure how that would work because that'd be that'd be in first person. It'd be kind of harder to do like the. I don't know. Would yeah, it be? Need, kinda, go ahead. Would it be kind of like that one? Oh, beat saver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the but oh, yeah. Someone made a joke video where it's showing them doing beat saber, and then it goes to the youngling scene. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Gosh, yeah. oh, and, oh, and there's a VR game called Swords and Sorcery. So uh, there's a really popular mod for it that gives you force powers and lightsabers and blasters and stuff. It works really well. So maybe if they just like up the like ridiculousness of the powers, I could see it working as a VR game. Yeah. Actually yeah, played it. At, yeah, actually played it at my buddy's house, and oh man, that was a good time. Yeah, I think if they were to make do a remake, I'd want it to be like some kind of ultimate edition, where it's just all the different story beats combined, or as many as possible. Yeah, definitely. I do like the 360 version, where like the physics. I think I mentioned that too, but when I didn't mention it, there's a lot more combos, a lot more cool combos that they have in the Wii version. But um shoot what was I gonna say? Um yeah, yeah I lost it. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah I, got, I remember now. Do you remember do you ever play the do you ever play the DLC for the Force Unleashed? No. Oh the big what if one. Yeah like that was that was, I gotta admit that was a pretty cool DLC where like imagine like because there's two different endings to the Force Unleashed and you can pick like the bad ending where you kill Darth Vader but then you kind of replace Darth Vader as like the Emperor's Apprentice and it kind of continues that storyline and you go to like Tatooine and you can like kill um, Ben Kenobi but his ghost comes back but they kill the ghost too. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was a little ridiculous but it was really cool too. <laughs> For real though. I was like, how do you kill a ghost? But at the same time, though, I was like, screw it. I'm, out. I'm down for it. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they add that to the remake, ultimate remake, too. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Like remastered graphics. They throw in all the force powers from all the games, and all the sweet. outfits and everything. I'd lose my mind if they did that. <laughs> well, that, that, to be it honest, actually, oh, good. Uh, to be honest, when they, when they do make a remake, remaster they usually include all the previous dlcs yeah sorry go on oh, no, i know <laughs> i was gonna say i do have like an inkling of hope because star killers like sith stalker armor shows up in cast in andor really yeah it's just in the background and it's been changed a little bit like it has a little feather plume thing coming out of it but it's Absolutely the same armor. 
I like paused and had to fanboy for a second. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So that's the Star Wars that I loved and I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, another another game. All right, what do you guys want to? Are you guys done with for some of these? Oh, well, I did also want to say the other part of that DLC I loved was where you go to Hoth. You're know, like fighting through Wampas and Rebels, and then Luke is the final boss. He <laughs> yeah, like Luke turns to the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> turns to the dark side halfway through the fight, and then in the end, you, Starkiller takes him as his apprentice. I was like, oh my gosh. I know it's wild. It's like my like a uh, thirteen, fourteen year old brain could was like wild, or was like astounded by it. It was like, dang! At first, I felt bad. At the same time, I was like, this is awesome. I love it. Oh yeah, like it. You prefer the happy ending, but man, that evil ending is cool. Yeah, he can go ahead, hammer. Okay. Um, another game. Well, I guess it'd be a series as well, but I'm okay if they do the first one and then the second. But it's the Metroid Prime series. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, At this point, I just love it if they finally ported it to Switch. Yeah, and I, I think they probably will do that instead um, because they're giving us daily squat Metroid Prime Four. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like so this always tends to be a thing um, I don't know if it's Nintendo strictly but it's been for the Metroid series They like the Metroid 2 remake that you and me played Mako for the 3DS yeah it introduced certain mechanics which they later on put into the new game that they put out dread yeah dread and i can see them remaking metro prime one adding something and be like yeah this is good and then put it into four but uh i'm not getting my hopes up well yeah i mean yeah i don't know when it was announced when was it announced i think it was announced like two or three years ago but then yeah, about two years ago, they announced that they were restarting the entire thing because it just wasn't up to their standards. So I was like, all right. I mean, rather have a polished game than another, well, another Halo in it situation. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, yeah, it's, been <laughs> it's been six years. For real? Has it really? Six years. They oh my god! First announced it in 2017. But wow. Yeah, 2019. They they said that they're restarting. So, man. Yeah, I guess. Um. In a way, they did kind of remess remake it a bit because the first two were on GameCube, and then third one was on Wii and then suddenly they announced they were remaking the entire trilogy and putting it on Wii with motion control support. What? I, didn't, I didn't care for it. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And like, I remember back when the Wii shop was a thing, like Metroid, the Metroid Prime trilogy was their first and only like platinum hit. Like their biggest seller they've ever had. 
it's on. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's a good game, but I'm surprised it's number one. It was until I found out the first two were on GameCube that I was like, oh, that's why. Let's so, look. Wow. Yeah, if they could do that again for Switch, that would be amazing. Let's look, let's look. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard, though, because I think they could do their motion controls with the Joy-Cons, um, but they might do it again with kind of how it was. All right, body. Excuse me. Um, the same with the GameCube version. It'd be nice if they let you choose. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be like a good sort of selling point. Like, hey, we were, we were making it. You can choose the original controls or the remake controls. And then I guess the one issue would be that they don't use a sensor bar anymore. Either they'd have to sell one with it or... I mean, most of the time with Switch shooters nowadays that use the Joy-Con, they just use the motion control. And if it gets out of whack, you just point it at the screen and reset it. Yeah. But I think that'd be kind of annoying on a game where it's like, you know, the entire time you're in motion control and you're having to keep resetting it. Yeah. I mean, the, the right Joy-Con has an IR sensor on it, so they could probably just make another sensor bar. It would be difficult for left-handers. Yeah, that's true, too. But they don't deserve anything anyways. So. <laughs> um, my my brother is a left-handed person, so I'm just kind of making fun of him there. <laughs> I guess they do. Yeah, they, I guess they did port some, like, those rail shooters from Resident Evil on there. They must have the same idea, so I don't know. Maybe they work. Yeah. Well, I haven't tried them out, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did that in the House of the Dead. <laughs> You're just making me think of... Oh, crap. Typing, what? typing yeah. of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Doritos have gotten under the D key. <laughs> Hold on, channel. Uh but I mean, there, there's quite a few games that I think would be nice to remake. Um, but I'm not gonna. Well, it's not like gonna... they've already done it before, so I don't think they do Bioshock again. Oh but yeah, the, the remasters didn't look that much of a difference to me. <laughs> um, even though I think it is there is a difference. It's just not really worth it. Oh, and then you got Sony remaking the same games like two or three times. Over yeah. a ten over a ten year span. Yeah, for me I was thinking one that I would like to see a remaster of would be the first few Assassin's Creed games. Like oh. one yeah, like the number one and then the SEO trilogy and Black Flag. Of course, now Ubisoft's in trouble, so who knows what's going to happen to them. So what what did they do? I just saw a highlight about that Ubisoft's in trouble. Uh, the CEO sent an email to the employees. Well, first of all, they announced that they're 
lose projected to lose 500 million i think okay. this quarter yeah so they said they'd have to cancel three unannounced games hopefully one of them is not the immortals phoenix rising sequel so i would break my heart and then they've also had to delay skull and bones for i think the it was like a ridiculous number it's been in development for about 10 years now they delayed Good and Evil Beyond Good and Evil 2 again, and it's now broken oh, yeah. the record for longest development hell. And then their Avatar game they're working on has been delayed. And Which Avatar? Uh, I think it was, Oh, uh, the Blue People one. Oh, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then finally, kind of the cherry on top, the president of the company sent out an email, I think just yesterday, saying... To all the employees saying, all right, we got to rally together. We got to do a good job. And then he said, the ball is in your court to prove we have what it takes. And that's kind of when all hell broke loose because the employees aren't, by all accounts, aren't treated very well. So for them to be told, hey, if we fail, it's your fault. Now they're planning a, what do you call it? They're planning a strike at the end of the month. Mm hmm. Well, maybe they'll learn a lesson. <laughs> For real? The yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a cent, and I'm just like, I keep getting away with it, guys. It catches up to you. But what was the what was the game that you were talking about, though, that you wanted to remiss? Oh, yeah, the first few Assassin's Creed's. Because those are great games, the first few. They are. You know, historical drama and like, as much as I hate all the stupid precursor civilization DNA memory stuff, like, there is a lot of effort that they put into the actual history side of things. And even like recently, the Assassin's Creed games haven't, I guess, haven't been as good, but they also have these special like museum modes where you can run around Alexandria and learn about the history of the city, or you can sail around Norway to Viking villages and learn how they live their lives. Like the attention they put into the actual history is really cool. Like I learned a lot from that kind of stuff. And then, <laughs> well, one game I was actually playing lately and I was like, man, this deserves a remake. It's an old rare game. I call it cameo. It's called Cameo? Yeah, I thought it was Cameo, but no, it's Cameo, like K-A-M-E-O. Oh, is that the Chameleon one? Oh, no, I think that, actually, I don't know what that one is. Unless you're thinking of Gex. I am thinking of Gex. <laughs> oh, Gex. Anyway, I think it was meant to be Rare's answer to Majora's Mask. Because, like, Majora's Mask, you can put on masks to turn into different creatures and use their abilities. But uh, mm -hmm. in, in Cameo, you can turn into these different, they're called elemental spirits that each have different powers. So you can turn into a dragon or turn into a, like a fly, Venus flytrap with boxing hands, or you can turn into a Yeti. So, and I was looking it up, it got average reviews, but honestly, I was having a blast playing it. 
like I agree with the reviews saying stuff like, oh, the combat was too easy. It was kind of repetitive. But I think with some tweaking, it would be really good. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how they were working on a sequel when Microsoft bought them out. And, you know, they took one look at the sales figures and said, no, nah, this isn't going to do well. So they shut down the whole thing. Like, yeah, honestly, it's a really fun game. And it's from Rare back in their heyday. You know, when they were coming out with stuff like Perfect Dark and Banjo-Kazooie. So I think it's a game that deserves another shot. And then beyond that, I guess a GoldenEye remake, but we're already, they already kind of did that. Really? Yeah, it came out on 360 and PlayStation 3 and Wii. And it had Daniel Craig instead of Guy, not Guy Pierce, whatever the heck his name is. Pierce Roddenberry or something like that? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, I do. First name, not last name. <laughs> yep, so many games to replay, remaster. It's a little time. But, um, yeah, and you guys will have to let me know what you think of the Dead Space remake because you guys have played Dead Space way more than I have. Yeah, I'm excited, but I'm also like not trying to get my hopes up too high about it. You know, yeah. I was like, I'm excited to see what happens, but I'm not going to like be too disappointed if it turns out bad. You know? Yeah, yeah. you'll still have the originals too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and nothing else. You can go to mods and see if mods can like remaster it in a way. <laughs> That's kind of what I did with Mass Effect a little bit before the remaster came out. Oh yeah, but anyways, um. But yeah, uh, do you guys have any other t- um, what's the word thoughts about that topic before we move on to hammers? I did have one more game actually that I thought of. Uh, oh, yeah. What would you guys think of a Left for Dead remaster? Ooh. I don't. Think, I don't think there's an audience for a new zombie game, but since it's Left for Dead, I think it would do well. Yeah, like Left 4 Dead, there's not much to improve, but if it just had a little facelift, I mean, it'd make the zombies a little less cartoony looking. Yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to play that or finish that game again too. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we started it like three or four years ago. <laughs> yeah. I remember Hard you fun. guys mentioned that mod where you turn all the zombies into stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, I have that mod in all the Melee oh, weapons are light. Yeah, all the melee weapons are lightsabers. And oh goodness, <laughs> I remember Hammer showed me a video of someone modded in. Uh, you know the anime Kaon. I don't know. Uh, is that the one that Hammer made us watch um, <laughs> with the Cinderella girl? No, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. What was, uh, what was that? The the Melikani of Haruhi's something. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the Melikani of Haruhi's. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, isn't 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 the first isn't the main character's name Kaon or something like that? Oh, no, I think that's the name of their band, isn't it? Uh, so so it's Kion. Oh, and... that's how you say. My white trash and... pronunciation. <laughs> well, I I might be getting it wrong too. Now that you think about it. I'm gonna have to look it up. No, it's been a while, but it's K on, and I 
I can't remember why it's called that, but they're a light music band in their their high school. Oh, that one, Con, Con. I think it's Con. Con is how you pronounce it. Everyone calls it Kon, and and (laughs) here in America. Well, technically, (laughs) technically, anime should be pronounced anime, but. I don't know when people pronounce it that way. It makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I always. That's why I always say manga instead of manga. <laughs> that's a, that's another one though. It's like uh, I prefer manga now, but for some reason I still don't. I still call anime 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 instead of anime. So. <laughs> you darn preferences, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you darn kids and your animes and mangoes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there was a mod where you have to like protect the bandmates from zombies while they're performing a concert. Yeah, and you're just using guitars and beating up everyone. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. It looks like that. a lot of fun. Oh, uh, I've been trying to convince my sister to buy it because I just tell her, just use mods to make the zombies not scary. And she's like, no, I can't handle them. No. Mods are fun, but they're also they're also a pain to install. Yeah, yeah. Steam has a weird way of going about it because you have to like subscribe to the mod instead of just clicking on it. No, oh, they changed. Oh, they did. I feel like they have. I don't know. Oh. Last time I looked at mods, it was like like five years, five plus years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, we'll we'll go on to our next topic. So, Hammerhead, what do you got for us today? Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, it, this is kind of a mixed topic because I don't want to specifically talk about the show Velma, but the show Velma brings up the point that I wanted to discuss with you guys. So Velma's pretty notorious now in the flick. It's only been like a week since it's been out. I don't know. I don't really pay attention. But it is one of the or the lowest scored show on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it has a 5% in the audience score. And it has like a 1.2 stars on IMDb. Oh, it went down. Um. And a lot of people are not liking it because it's just not good. Um, and there's just quite a bit of controversy with the character, um, where it's more like, well, is it okay that she's doing this because she's this way instead of the original characters and everything? Um, and the the question that I want to ask you guys is not necessarily is Vilma bad, but it's more of um, all these companies are remaking these TV shows with different style characters, the best way to put it, um, instead of just creating a new show. Do you think there's an issue of them trying to just replace the old shows to more modern standards? 
or and and should it just instead of doing that just make a new show i don't know what you guys think i think it's it's like complicated because it really goes on a case-by-case basis because mm-hmm. um for example i'm about to finish up wednesday that netflix show and like it does have you know kind of those updated things you know like there's more diversity there's black characters there's gay characters and you know wednesday sometimes brings up some modern day stuff like whitewashing and mansplaining and stuff like that but at the same time the show's really faithful to the characters like you know gomez is mexican like he was in the original show and morticia and gomez act like morticia and gomez you know, Pugsley, <laughs> Pugsley's a little more shy and a little more, like, emotional. But at the same time, he's still Pugsley. You know, it's still stuff like, man, I miss the electroshock therapy and things like that. Mm-hmm. And with Wednesday, she's still the same character. They do, like, explore certain things with her and let her grow, especially now that she's a teenager. And <laughs> going through the Adams Family version of Teenage Rebellion, I guess. But it still feels, for the most part, like a love letter to the original series. Like, it expands on the characters instead of reducing them. So, for that reason, it really works. But then... (sighs) The thing is, they didn't change the characters fundamentally. And they didn't feel a need to do... Well, needless stuff like change their race or their gender. And some people have brought up, well, like, is it really a big deal to change their race or their gender? It can be, sometimes. Like, if it conflicts with the setting or with relationships that they have, yeah. I remember when uh, they came out with Fan Stick, one of the big controversies was, why is a human torch black now? And it wasn't because of racism, it was because the invisible woman is his sister. So, like, why are you going to this trouble, you know, now that they have to reestablish oh i guess he's adopted now and all this stuff it's like why and then uh like (laughs) with velma looking at that there are people that said you know i don't mind the race the race changes but at the same time why'd you do them you know like why not make a new character so I think a lot of it just depends on how faithful it is to the original character. And like the problem with Velma is that apparently a lot of the characters are just mean. It's just a mean show. That's not all what Scooby-Doo was supposed to be. It doesn't even have Scooby-Doo in it. Yeah, Scooby's not even in it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think another thing that I thought about when you said that is like, it's almost like, um, if you change the character too many times, like what even is the character anymore? Because I feel like this kind of happened with a lot of like Marvel and DC characters. Like there's so many reiterations of like Batman and like Superman. It's like, especially Batman. It's like what even is a Batman anymore? It's like no one can really like. There's like so many different versions of like Batman. Does Batman kill or does he not kill? There's one one version he does kill people, another version he doesn't, and then yeah, it's just I don't know. Rehashing the same character too many times can like make it almost lead to like well. Who even is this character anymore? Like this, 
the character just kind of like, I don't know. If it could be anything, then yeah. it's not really anything at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it becomes that question of like, how much leeway do we give to an adaptation before it just strays too far from the character? Like, you know, Lego Batman's really goofy and stupid and vain and funny. That isn't really what Batman is, but it works for how the universe and the story is. But if they were to try to do that in like the Dark Knight trilogy, no, that would have been horrible. Yeah, it reminded me of this conversation I read in the wise Instagram comments. Um, there was a post saying Iron Man versus Magneto, who would win? And um, the first thought is a lot of people say Magneto wins, uh, which I guess throughout the comics is the majority of the cases Magneto wins against Iron Man. Um, but it's like I don't even know the first edition where Magneto came out. And people are like, yeah, but he knows how to use all these magnetic waves and he can control the magnetic force around the earth type deal abilities. I'm like, they didn't really know too much details about that when he first came out. (laughs) And so it's like, how how can how are people arguing about different things and trying to mash it up all into one character kind of like you're talking about with Batman that you just reminded me of that and and it's like there's too many bloody universes and too many bloody versions I'm talking pretty <laughs> now. but um I'm sorry, Mako. I'm I'm bringing up a different topic right now as well, where it's characters from different series fighting against different characters. And those bug (laughs) me. They bug me a lot because it's like they're different universes. Things are different there than they are in the other characters' universe. So, of course, things are going to play out weird in a fight. Yeah. Um. I'm diverging a little bit to, from my original question, but uh, I think concept still remains. If you if you put too many versions out there, it's going to be too confusing, and then it, it just becomes a conflict than a source of entertainment of what it originally was supposed to be. Yeah. So maybe. Would you say the issue is more, is it like quality content that comes out of these changes and adaptations? Um, that, I think that's I part so. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say uh, so. Oh, sorry. Um, I, including that, though, I think they're banking on relying on nostalgia. And it sounds a little hypocritical going off our remasters or remakes of games. <laughs> um, but it's hard to do that with a, a show where things are already kind of set. Where a remake, you're just upping the graphics and maybe fine tuning some things that won't work on a newer console compared to the older consoles. Yeah. But if it's a if it's a character 
um, it's hard to stick to an original that when there's such a huge time difference, because things are just so different back when first came out. There wasn't even color TV when it first came out. <laughs> you know, yeah. Referring to Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like them relying too much unless there's kind of a need. And then, like you said, Mako, they're staying true to how the characters are. But of course, there's nothing wrong with a little change as long as they're sticking to the same base. Yeah. Well, and, uh, sorry, we, uh, did you have more to add on to that? No. Oh. Well, I was going to say, since we were talking about Batman, that reminded me that I watched the old Adams West 60s movie. And it's like, it's goofy, cheesy, hilarious. That's how Batman was at the time. But then, you know, the 80s rolls around and they do the Dark Knight Returns, which made him, you know, darker and grittier. And then that translated into the Tim Burton movies. So ever since then, that's been a large part, a big part of what Batman is, you know, dark and brooding instead of goofy like he used to be. But that's because, like I said, I feel like it came out as a quality product. Like people liked it and it stayed with them. So they said, all right, this is the new Batman. This is the character he's evolved into now. And every now and then they'll touch back on that. Like there have been a few Batman shows that are really goofy and comedic, and you know, there's Lego Batman. But I guess you have to kind of find that fine line between updating a character in a way that either resonates with the times or just evolves them while still, you know, like I said, staying true to the original and showing some respect for it. I mean, kind of kind of made me think a little bit of uh, Star Wars, for example, that the Clone Wars, Anakin, for example, a bit different, but it's still the same from the movies. Yeah. And especially his chin. But <laughs> uh, kind of going off that, this is another example of quality and being respectful to the previous characters or the character that the creator originally wanted to put out. But, oh, well. Yeah. Oh, and... ah, I lost my train of thought. Um, choo -choo. Well, since you were... Sorry. Okay, got it back. Um, since you're asking... <laughs> Since the original question was, uh, do you think studios are overdoing it, you know, changing characters? I feel like it come. I feel like that also comes down to the sincerity because, you know, there's the whole thing about wokeness and everything's got to be about sexism and racism nowadays and representation and all that. But whenever I see someone claim, well, you're just a bunch of bigots for not wanting this character to be black and like, well, no, it's not really about race. It's about sincerity. Like, I know a lot of people that if, I know, I've known a lot of people where, like, the worst sin you can commit in their eyes is lie to them. Like, I feel like people hate a liar more than anything else. So when it feels like studios change a character just to trumpet about their morals, 
like when it feels like that's what they're doing, then it feels like, okay, you're just screwing around with a character I love for your own self-righteous reasons. And that's, you know, insincere, that's deceptive and I don't like it. So it's more just being protective of what you love than being like racist or bigoted. Yeah. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a very protective state of mind uh, <laughs> right now where um, anything that anyone says is geared towards you specifically when the, that's generally not the case. Um, where everyone's feeling like every statement online is an attack towards them. Then it's just a, just a statement. But there are a lot of people that are attacking people or there's people that do it on purpose just to rile people up because they think it's fun. I and, hate that. And then you're like, cool, now, now I definitely can't trust anyone online. And that translates to media and in person at cases. But oh well. How about you, Lemon? What do you think? I think it depends on the intent of the change. Um, but I think a lot of times it's better just to create like a new character, create something new. Um, one franchise that I do like that I feel like does really well with just like how being continued to Star Trek. Oh yeah, because the I think it's the way it's it's the way it's set up too. It's like it's not very I don't know. With, I have a problem with like Marvel and DC because it just feels like they just keep it going and going and going and going. Where it's like, okay, when is this going to stop? You know, like when is it? Like for example, the last or the me, Avatar, the last Airbender. There's very much a set beginning, middle, and end. It, the show didn't go on or overstay its welcome. It's like one of the most beloved animated shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I think the Star Trek itself, the way it's set up, makes it allows it to like be able to continue on without too much issue because the whole premise of the show is to like explore new ideas and explore new themes and new crews, and it's like more of a world, and you just kind of see these people explore the world and have new stuff happen, and a lot of people, all the different series of the Star Trek shows, it wasn't like a new, except for like some recent reboots here and there, but. The majority of Star Trek it was continuing the story rather than just trying to retread the same story. Like it wasn't Captain Kirk and Cap- Captain Kirk and Spock every single series, you know, it was like a new series and new characters and they added new characters. They didn't race swap or gender swap characters. They added a new crew with new characters and I feel like that was just a lot more interesting in my mind rather than just replacing all the characters the same way, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well and since you bring that up, uh big new star trek series right now is strange worlds and you know like you said they don't just make a whole new thing with the same characters again or you know replace well you know uh gender bend them or whatever instead it's just about captain pike who was a minor character and you know the other shows and movies yeah and lo and behold he has oh sorry go ahead go ahead ahead. i was was gonna say just lo and behold he has a whole bunch of cool adventures that a lot of people have been liking. Yeah. Yeah, some stories are just set up to be continued forever and like seems to work somehow. But 
some other stories. I don't know. I think end of the world stories and like save the world stories. It feels like they get repeated over and over again. It gets kind of old a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is why I'm not really into like Marvel and DC as much. Like I feel like part of me, there's every once in a while I find a, a movie like a Marvel or DC that I really like, like I really like the X-Men movies, but when I try to do, dive deeper into the fandom or the lore. It's just like a whole mess and I have a hard time getting into it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> It's because like they, whenever their universe this isn't really relevant, they just nuke it and start back over. Mm. It'll just be suddenly these aliens from outside the universe start destroying everything, and in a last ditch effort, they wipe out the universe and restart it. So now they're smartphones, and everyone's in their twenties again. Yeah, it's also so I say, what, yeah, I say what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, although Star Trek, from what I hear, is kind of going that direction a little bit. I mean, they just, they did reboot the 2009 movie. They did reboot it with uh, Captain Kirk and Spock and whatnot, and some oh, of the yeah. new TV shows are prequels rather than just continuing the story, except for Picard and Prodigy and all that. But um, so hopefully it doesn't go down the hole too far. But I'm hoping they'll pick itself back up and continue the storyline rather than just doing prequels and all that. You know? Yeah. Well, and actually, on a side note, something that is funny is that there is a comic, a Marvel comic series about, like, the heroes if they were their actual ages. Oh. So Peter Parker's, like, in his 50s and starting to get arthritis. <laughs> so that just reminded me of that. Yeah. I, I will say, you bring up the, the topic of, like, prequels and stuff. I, I enjoy them if they're trying to fill up a a gap or a question that the original series brought up in the first place. Um, like a Star Wars prequels? Yeah, like the prequels and especially um, Andor and Rogue One. Like, they didn't have to be that good. <laughs> they're, they're good. And, and with that um like we we know there there's a a specific end to that series because we've already seen the end and yeah they kind of have some liberties of how long they're going to make it but eventually we know it's going to finish yeah yeah uh, yeah, I do. Prequels aren't always bad. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I do enjoy some prequels here and there, but it is kind of nice to see them continue the story onward too, from like where they were last at. But exactly, I think it depends. Yeah. I think it depends on the storyline too. Like, if you're exploring the universe and the world just in a different time setting, like, then it's cool. But yeah, it's like a yeah. I think it's good. It's better not to rely on prequels too much. But I think prequels can still be cool. Like, um, even like House of the Dragon. Like, people are saying that it's like. I enjoyed that better than Game of Thrones itself, even, which is like, I don't know. It's even though you kind of know how it's all going to end, you still enjoy it, you know. Like it's yeah. seeing the process of how it happens is cool. Yeah, they're not just relying on a name; they actually put it with a, a good story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, the flip side of that is Rings of Power, which <laughs> takes so many liberties to the point that they there's <laughs> they. I've been rewriting parts of Lord of the Rings lore, and that's something you do not do. 
<laughs> the fans will <laughs> the fans will get you for that. Uh, that's what they did in Hobbit, and uh, yeah. <laughs> people weren't happy if you never read the books. You're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty fun. And if you read the books, you're like, this is fucking atrocious. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? For real, <laughs> the action's fun, but I want to learn about the trees. Tell me about the hills. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> For real, Z though. Yeah, I watched the Reads of Power, and I kind of just view it as fan fiction. I'm like, eh. It's it's a fun little fan fiction theme, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like the same it doesn't feel in the same level as like the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. Yeah. I'm like a casual Lord of the Rings fan. Like I'm reading through the main three books right now. Okay. But I've read The Hobbit and the Silmarillion and some yeah. of the <laughs> what? Casual, he, huh? totally, he totally like jumps around the usually <laughs> people don't start with the Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I read The Hobbit first, and then I had this Silmarillion, and I started reading it casually. I was like, before I knew it, I was a quarter of the way through the book, so I was like, oh, I might as well finish it. It's good. I need, yeah. I, need, I need to finish it myself. Okay, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, like, having read those, I was excited on the first episode when they talk about Morgoth and the Silmarils and stuff like that, but then... Uh, you know, they start to get into stuff that doesn't really work that much. Like Mithril is, you know, now a magic metal that's going to save the elven race. What? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen it, have you? No, it's, it's just bloody metal. Okay. <laughs> like the way they explain it, it kind of makes sense because they said Mithril was created when a great elf warrior fought a Balrog and their conflict was so vicious that it, I don't remember the reasoning, something like it made magic that leached into the ore or something like that but which I think may have happened in the book but anyway yeah it's like an example of kind of what we were talking about it takes it too far to the point it starts to feel kind of disrespectful yeah especially if like uh but I kind of like how uh, you'll probably know what I'm talking about Lemon when you know who shows up like thousands of years earlier than he's supposed to. Yeah, people called that a little too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kept thinking, well, maybe it's not that person. And then they said the quote, and I was like, nope, it's definitely them. Wait, did they add a character that was not even supposed to be in that age? Yeah, it's like a character... That's iconic to the series, but they showed up like way earlier than they're supposed to. <laughs> Dang it. It's giving me flashbacks of like Aragon. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just walks just walk through the bushes. Hi. <laughs> did you did you read the books? It's like, yeah. Ah, okay, sorry. No, 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 no. I, I'm just gonna rant if I could continue on. So you, you, you finish. <laughs> oh, but can you give us a preview of the rant? Oh, it, it, it's just how there's just like descriptions of characters in the book, but they they write them totally different in the movies, and oh, <laughs> that does kind of that does actually kind of tie into it because. They finally put out trailers for the Percy Jackson series. It's just kind of Disney Plus, and I love the Percy Jackson series, but 
And they have a full-on description of Annabeth, but they're making her black for the show, and that was a big controversy because the author supports it because he thinks the actress was the best one for the job, but everyone else is like, you're betraying your own source material. Like, did Disney put you up to this? And stuff like that. Uh, if it turns out well, then if if she's a huge fan, what was that one? What's the guy's name again? The two guys off the Star Wars 7 and 8. Uh, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. Yeah, and they're, they're actual fans. And it's like, if you just... They, they could have done a good job if you just let them. Hopefully yeah. it's just that type of situation. Yeah, or even like Henry Cavill with The Witcher. Uh-huh. And Superman, which freaking breaks my heart. I can't believe they did that to him. Oh, well. Laser gain Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he loves that, too. So Yeah, needs to be bulky armor, but <clears throat> I'm not going to nitpick too much. Um, But I continue on. I, I'm losing my train of thought. There's wanted to talk about something. I probably won't remember it, though. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that was like the end of my thoughts. Just, yeah, depends on the sincerity, on the quality, and just whether there was actual respect shown to the source material and characters. Cool. Yeah. Did you know that Nick Fury in the comics is actually white? Yeah, that oh, blew my mind because, you know, it's like he's black now, and everyone's cool with it because he's, you know, Samuel L. Jackson was great. Yeah, it was a good written character that didn't <laughs> it didn't create conflict with the other characters. Um, and I think actually some people have talked about how the original Nick Fury just married a black woman and that's their son. And I'm like, well, okay. Oh that's, yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Fine. Who cares? <laughs> but yeah. Oh gosh. Oh. Well, like with what I was saying earlier, a lot of the stuff I say about the Velma show was changing the character's race doesn't make any difference. And then someone would say, well, then why did they do it? You know, what's the point then? Well, there's a lot more There's a lot more to the show than just the race swapping. <laughs> there's a lot more to oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, slew, slew of problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the general thing was, just, like I said, the characters are just too mean. Yeah, I watched it for like I started watching it because I'm like I don't want, I don't I want to I want to like create my own opinion on stuff like I don't want to just rely on other people's opinions on stuff. But I tried watching it in the first like ten seconds or so. I just got super annoyed. I'm like yeah, I'm not watching this anymore. Yeah, wasn't there something about a cockroach sex scene and then yeah, yeah, they're in the shower talking about isn't there too much nudity in the first episode while they like pan over them in the shower? <laughs> I didn't even get, get that far. far. <laughs> I think I think the part the part that really annoyed me is like Velma's talking is like this is an origin story, but not like other origin stories about men who get more power and all that stuff. And or not this is not an origin story about sexy women losing their minds. I'm just like, okay, someone has a really big chip on their shoulder and trying to prove something. I'm not watching this anymore. Oh yeah, like I just got super annoyed by that comment. It's just like this isn't like other shows, you know. Like I'm not like other girls or like listen like other shows. So I'm just like, <laughs> just like just that attitude from the very first like intro, like first like couple seconds of the intro just annoyed me so much. I'm like, if that was gonna be, I guess I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my time on it. 
Yeah. And like you said, it's hard to judge it without seeing it myself. But from what I've heard, that's just how the whole show is. Just Velma's a jerk. Fred's a racist. Stuff like that. Yeah. And, it, and it's um, another big problem because people are just saying it's just sexualizing teenagers a lot. And oh, really? Yeah. You know, like you're talking about the shower scene. And I think that's it really threw off a lot of people. Uh, it's like, guys, well, you're in high school. Crazy. Huh? Yeah, they're all supposed to be 15 or something like that, and they're they're showing them showering. It's like that's a little sketchy. Oh, you're right. That is weird. Jeez. It's like guys, you know, we're we're not in a a good area. If you're trying to show us this, this is not right. <laughs> we live in a society. It's kind of a bummer though. It's a, it's a bummer though because the animation itself actually looks kind of cool to me. Like that's what kind of drew me in. Like I saw pictures of it, just like the picture visuals alone look kind of cool to me. Like looks like they put somewhat somewhat effort into the animation and character yeah. design and all that. Like I don't mind Velma being like Indian. Like she looks kind of cool like that. It's like whatever, but it's just the attitude and whatnot. And someone quoted like I think the lady that plays her that decided to swap her to be Indian is like um, seeing that I related to Velma so much that it doesn't really matter because like I related to her and like whatnot. But people are like, but why'd you change everything about her? Not just the race, but like just made her like a total jerk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. It's I don't know. It's something else, man. Yeah. Um Mr. Nass, I didn't think it sounded good, but I was like, well I thought the same thing about lower decks and now that's like my favorite one of my favorite shows. Uh, but then you know the memes came out, and I was like, "Oh, holy crap!" Yeah, I know a show that kind of berates its viewers. That's because that's what kind of the vibe you're giving off there, Lemon. That that's not it's not a way to garner attention. Okay, it'll garner attention, but that's not the attention that you want. Yeah, yeah, Velma's definitely getting a lot of attention right now. <laughs> 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 Yeah, but that's the last yeah. thing that's for me on that topic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Before we wrap up, though, I just let's see the last time I've ever seen, ever seen the internet hate something so much than the first Sonic Design came out. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe okay. I, I don't want to diverge too long because we this is a pretty long episode so far, but I feel like shows should do that more do like share snippets and then listen to the public like, like beta with video games for early access type yeah yeah and <clears throat> you know if if they honestly think it's going to be a masterpiece and okay whatever but you know they're showing previews so the fans could be excited for the hype for sonic and then everyone said well that looks like sonic on crack you know, <laughs> ugly Sonic. Yeah, and and they changed the shift, and it was a really good movie that came out with a second one, and a third one's probably on its way. And <laughs> and maybe the the designs, they you know, they for example, Velma, they show that the designs like, oh yeah, sure, the art looks fine, but they showed like clips. People, they probably could have gone a a quick review before they put out the show. It'd be like, okay, maybe we should cut back on some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will say the one joke from Elba that kind of made me laugh. I didn't see it, but like I just saw a clip of it. It was like show Shaggy is like, so you know me, I hate drugs, and like looks at the camera. Yeah. Oh, like an <laughs> office. office. Yeah, typically. Style. Yeah, office app. It's like okay, yeah. that was actually good. That kind of it got me chuckling a little bit, but yeah, sorry, a little off topic. <laughs> oh yeah, that was not good. Yeah, for reals though. I feel really bad for the special effects artists who made who designed the first Sonic. Like imagine like busting your butt and like rendering all that out and working all out on that special effects and have the internet just trash it super hard. <laughs> <laughs> the internet took one look at my human teeth and burned the place down. Very <laughs> yeah, goodness. But yeah. But anyways, I guess yeah, our episode's getting a little long now, so we'll probably wrap it up. Um did you have any other things you want to add before we wrap up the episode? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just for our many viewers and listeners, if there's a topic that you want us to talk about or discuss, I you think that we would have good opinions on, feel free to mention it, and um, well, at least consider it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't try done stupid things like, oh, I don't even want to say, but. Just something you feel like that would be kind of fun for us to talk about. That it'd be fun to get some interaction. Yeah. Yep. Like, subscribe, comment below. All that good jazz. <laughs> Is it smooth jazz or emo jazz? Okay. Not too smooth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's up. That's it for tonight or today or whatever whatever time you guys are listening to this. But we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.